Welcome to another episode of Tiffin Cast. I speak with photography industry leaders who make it a habit of inspiring others, bridging craft and commerce to help you create a sustainable and creative business. Today's guest is Paul Hetzel, an urban and natural landscape photographer who's uh, a, in, in his past life a medical oncologist. He lives now in Springfield, Massachusetts. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, Paul, uh, tell us a little bit about your uh, your website. I think that's what sort of caught my eye the first time we connected. Uh, I, I wasn't quite sure what the O3 and O3 photography meant. Um, perhaps you can tell us a little bit about the, the genesis of that, and then we'll jump right off of that into your actual photography too. Sure. Uh, well, uh, I was in a large multi-specialty group in Springfield, uh, there were 23 physicians, and it was easier for the business office to keep track of us by numbers than spelling out everyone's name. So I happened to be 03, and 03 photography sounded like a good fit, and that's how it began. Awesome. You've been a photographer for a number of years. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got started in photography and why photography versus maybe painting or sketching or drawing or whatever else that was out there? Well, the, the last part is easy. I can't draw a straight line, so that eliminated <laughs> that. But okay. um, as a kid, as a, as a kid, like most kids, I had a little camera, Kodak, and uh, took little pictures, and sort of lost that. And then through college, medical school, etc., wasn't doing much. But I bought my first Nikon in 1970, and then gradually took pictures of kids. And then on my trek to Mount Everest in 1994. I realized that I really did enjoy it and I probably ought to spend more time. And it really was a help in the sense that I had a very busy practice with sick patients. And photography took me out of the fast lane and put me in the slow lane. And it made me stop and think and ponder, which I didn't always have the time to do. So that's really how it all began. Plus, I was fortunate to live on the same street as the ultimate photographer, Jack Hollowitz. Uh, one of the best black and white photographers ever and his buddy Steve Sherman and the two collided and um, it was a boon to me. That's awesome. Uh, we actually came uh, introduced, I was introduced to you through Steve Sherman's group and um, it's, it, I mean, this is an incredible group of photographers all dedicated to large format photography and uh, printing their photographs versus just sharing their photographs online. Um, so how how important has it always been for you to print your work, print your photography? Oh, absolutely important. You have ultimate control. Uh, at Steve's first um, convention, if you will, grouping last year, uh, I felt a little uh, out of place when he asked me if I wanted to come because I was the only digital photographer. Ah. I, I worked in the dark room from 94 to 2005, but I didn't have a lot of time because of my practice and digital came along. And for me, it was a good fit. So I've gradually transitioned now to digital, but I print my own black and white, my own color. You have ultimate control. And that's the reason I did even in the dark room. It gives you ultimate control. And your work now, from looking at your your website at the moment, um, you know, definitely has a sense that you've traveled widely. Um, how important is travel for you? I mean, or do you feel like you can do 
considerable amount of, of the kind of work that you're doing right in your own backyard. Yeah, travel's nice. I mean, it does. It is a vehicle to get you to go places. But one of my favorite sayings is some of my favorite images are from right here. Uh, a lot of trees and flora. There's a lot of opportunities just here in Western Massachusetts. So, I mean, it is nice to go elsewhere and see the world. But again, some of my more favorite images are from right in this neck of the woods. Yeah. Uh, looking again at your work, and it's just really uh, in terms of the way they are constructed and the way they're, you know, just presented, there's an aesthetic to it that's really uh, uh, very pleasing. It's very, it's very calming, actually, I should say more than that, is that you don't, there's no sense of, uh, you know, the rush of daily life isn't quite there. And it's very, very pleasant to look at. How, what is it that challenges you, even after having done photography for so many years, what is it that the first thing that you go, wow, I wish I could do better at that one thing? What is that one thing? Well, I think the one thing is getting it right uh, and creating the mood, somehow trying to translate what my brain sees mm -hmm. into a two-dimensional picture. Um, you, you know, you can take a picture of something, uh, an image, and uh, unless you try and give it your own feel, you're really not conveying to the viewer what caught your eye. So when, in your travels, and you're, you're, you're traveling obviously with a digital camera, can you tell us what kind of a camera you have at the moment? Sure, I personally have a, a Nikon D850 okay. for um, anything I do, I predominantly shoot with my tripod. However, if I'm doing urban photography where it's somewhat uh, laborious to tr drag a, uh, a tripod around, I have a Sony RX10 III a remarkable camera that has a fixed 24 to 600 millimeter lens. So um, that I have found very helpful shooting urban images uh, as versus uh, the 850. I, I just can't hold the 850 still uh, enough with the lenses. Uh, so I have those two cameras. Uh, off, off the kinds of different things that ha obviously I see in your in your portfolio, is there any one thing that you feel like you'd love to go back to again and again and you can't get enough of? Uh, Mother Nature. Uh, Mother Nature, yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, particularly in, in this time with the, the global pandemic, uh, getting out in Mother Nature and just letting mother nature seep in, uh, you, you can't beat it. Uh, and that's, you know, one of the problems I, I would suspect that people who are quarantined have just to actually be able to get out and enjoy mother nature, uh, hearing the birds chirp, uh, seeing the sun come up, uh, you know, the colors are starting to pop in the spring. Uh, you know, you can't, you just can't create that in your mind. You have to actually see it. Interesting that you mentioned that that experience is such a big part of uh, what you do. Um, and I mean, as photographers, whether you're a sports photographer or a, a portrait photographer or a nature photographer like you are, uh, it, there is that sense of wanting to experience something that connects you to who, whatever or whoever you're photographing. Am I right? Am I am I overextending my my no, thoughts I, on that at all? I, I I think you're absolutely right. It uh, it comes from the heart. And yeah. what you what you're trying to translate, you're trying to translate what you feel 
uh, into an image. So in that regard, how, sort of walk us through your process. You've just walked up to a scene where something has caught your eye, um, you know, and you are in the in the process of putting your tripod down and your, uh, you know, D850, uh, and you're looking through the lens. What is it that you're hoping and waiting for that'll happen before you trip the shutter? What is it that, that is going to go, yep, that's it, that's it, that's the photo? Well, one thing I learned from a great photographer named Charlie Kramer, he, um, one course I took with him, he, he gave us a cutout of uh, some matting with a uh, hole in the matting that was the equivalent of a 35 millimeter. And he suggested that when we got to an area that we held that up and looked through that, moving it around rather than going right to the viewfinder and clicking. Because sometimes just, again, that little bit of time to think and move and, and, and then compose your image. The second thing certainly is light. I mean, in photography, light is everything. And just waiting for that special moment, sometimes it, it takes a while. I remember one time I was out photographing with a friend in Joshua Tree and um, the sun was going down. And as soon as the sun went down below the horizon, he was ready to leave. I said, no, no, wait, wait, the best light is yet to come. And sure enough, mm. about 20 minutes later, it, it just glowed. So um, a lot of times, you know, sometimes it's luck you happen to be there when the light is special. Mm -hmm. But chasing the light and light is just so important. Uh, it really can make or break an image. Uh, you know, the, the the one thing that strikes me uh, looking at your work, uh, and it is striking, uh, the work is very, very punchy, very colorful, uh, apart from your black and whites, of course, which have beautiful tones of gray. Um, you know, th there is some similarity to your work to that of uh, a Canadian photographer named Freeman Patterson. Do you, are you oh, yeah. With, I'm, I'm yeah? well aware of him. He, he Beautiful work. Yeah, absolutely gorgeous work. And it's almost, you know, it's 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 a, it's a, in in some ways, looking at your work and looking at his work, I'm I'm seeing lots of wonderful similarities. I think the hmm. influence is definitely there. Um, who else inspires you in the photo world at this time? Well, from a a, a black and white standpoint, um, I would say John Sexton, Michael Kenna with his beautiful uh, mm -hmm. long exposure images. Yep. Um, from a color standpoint, um, you know, certainly the person you mentioned is uh, high on the list. I'm just trying to think, because I, I haven't studied the, the, the photographers from a color standpoint as much as I have from the black and white. I, my brain sees things different in black and white. If I see an image, it, it will strike me as being a color image or a black and white image. And uh, I think that sometimes color steals the scene, mm -hmm. uh, whereas in, in black and white, uh, you get a lot more of a feel for texture and shapes, yeah. etc. So um, that's a good question. I haven't spent as much time, though gotcha. I can I can mention a, a few. There's a, a gentleman, Jack Dykinga who yep. is from the Southwest. He is, I've had the incredible fortune of being with Jack on a number of occasions. And uh, Justin Black, who uh, runs a group called Visionary Wild that I've 
been on photo workshops on a number of times. Those two people, again, are real craftspeople. Um, and to be able to spend time with them and just listen uh, has been an, an incredible boon. Fantastic. I, it's so uh, amazing to hear you mention these names of of people who are teachers and, uh, and that you spend the, you know, obviously the, the time and the resources, the financial resources to go out and seek them out and learn from them. Uh, I, you know, you know, this is a, this is an interesting profession or an interesting, uh, you know, hobby, even if you, if you, that's what it is, you've got to keep learning or you're going to get left oh, behind. Right. So absolutely. There's yes. no question. When it, when it comes to other teachers locally, I mean, we've talked about Steve and how wonderful he is as a, as a teacher, um, and uh, Jack Hollowitz, uh, we've talked about him as well, you know, being able to, uh, you know, talk about black and white photography and explain his processes as well. Uh, have you considered teaching yourself? Well, it's funny you should mention that. When I retired, a friend and I and I started a photography club at one of the inner city high schools in Springfield, uh, the High School of Commerce. And for 10 years, we have run the uh, photography uh, club there. Uh, we meet once a week. Uh, we were able to, by hook or by crook, get some uh, uh, cameras. Initially, we were doing film, but it was so laborious that, you know, you take a picture one day and a w next week you develop the, the film, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So now we have digital images, uh, digital cameras rather, and uh, we have, depending on the year, anywhere from six to 15 students wow. who sp spend the year with us. And uh, there have been several of them who really, they they've taught us something. They've been really great, but the, the getting you know, the feedback of doing that has really been special. I would want to say that, uh, you know, leaving at that sort of high note is an option that uh, I would love to take uh, because, uh, you know, learning and uh, definitely spending the time teaching is always a good thing. Um, Paul Hetzel, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure.